uh, the book of Acts. But I'm actually not going to speak from Acts today. Acts chapter 24 and 25, which is where we're up to, it's it's all about um, basically Paul in trouble. Anyone ever been in trouble? Anyone feeling in trouble? (laughs) He was in trouble. And and those those two chapters are all about him being um, accused, falsely accused in front of Felix and the governor and then uh, Festus and Agrippa. He is, he's fighting for his life. Uh, There's already been plots against him. And and so I'm I'm going to, uh, I'm sort of digressing a little bit. Um, I want to look at how, how did Paul handle difficult moments? How did he handle it? How did he handle pressure times? How do you handle pressure times? How do you handle it when you are under the cosh, as it were, when you're feeling pressurized from things around you? Um, and I'm going to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and I want you to hear, just really hear this. He's telling the story of another time when he was under big pressure. And I'm reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 8. Listen to this. We don't want you to be un. In fact, I'm going to let me pray first. Lord, I'm asking that you'd speak to us. You're already speaking to us today, but please, through your word, would you speak to many individuals today who you have really got on your heart and your agenda? So please, would you come, Holy Spirit, make this word live in people's hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so here's Paul. We do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction that we experienced in Asia when he was at Ephesus. We were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we'd received the sentence of death But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. And on him we have set our hope that he'll deliver us again. You also must help us by prayer, so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessed blessing granted us through the prayers of many. Wow. Let me just comment on prayer before I go back to that earlier bit. We prayed Friday night as church family. Oh, the importance of prayer. To see the purposes of God go forward. It's one of the most important things we do. Dear church family, join us when we pray. Do join us when we pray. We pray on a Sunday morning before the meeting at nine o'clock. Come and join us. Pray. Um, in fact, next Saturday morning, we've got second Saturday prayer, 8 o'clock till 9 o'clock in the coffee shop. There might even be coffee for you. And amongst other things, we want to pray for the coffee shop, our witness, our testimony into the city. So second Saturday prayer, 8 till 9 next week. But did you read, did you hear what I just read? This is Paul. We were so utterly burdened beyond our strength, we despaired of life itself. That doesn't sound like the Christian life, does it? I mean, the, the mighty apostle Paul, 
utterly burdened, weighed down. That's the, it's, 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 that's the, the word there. Utterly, this weight on him. He despaired of life. I wonder if you've ever felt like that. Maybe there's somebody this morning or tuning in, and that's how you're feeling right now. Just the burden, weight, depressed. Maybe that's how you feel. Of course, there's a version of Christianity around that says, um, become a Christian and... uh, life's going to go amazing. You're going to get rich. Everything's going to work out. All your problems will be sorted and you're just going to have a wonderful, rosy life. That actually isn't... isn't, Well, someone forgot to tell Paul because that's not the Christian life that we read about here. The Christian life we read about here, Paul's saying here, is that, you know, he's, 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 he's burdened beyond his strength, despairing of life itself. And, and he says here that, 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 that this happened so that he would learn to lean on the Lord. And so sometimes, you know, we, we, we go through those times in our lives, I mean, and, and we, 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 can, we squeal, don't we? We can squeal, oh God, why is this happening to me? Despairing of life. I've got three, three points. I'm, well, I don't bore with PowerPoint, I'm... I'm I'm going off script, so don't worry about that. Uh, but I've got three things I want to say, and, and, and my three points really are this, are what to do in these painful moments, these overwhelming moments, moments when you feel, when everything looks dark, and, and, and we feel like, yeah, we despair for life. Three things uh, that Paul shows us. To look to Christ. It's, very important the direction that we're, that we're looking, where our attention is going. Look to Christ. The second one I'm going to pick up on is love the Lord Jesus, love Christ. And then the third point is lean on Christ. Okay? Look, love, lean. Because we need, in this, hey, life is, life is challenging, life is tough. We need, we, we need to, 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 to be alert and ready to respond in, the, in those, hey, we're all going to get them. If, life, if, if for you right now, life is like a sunny spring morning without a care in the world, you might, you might want to listen up because I'm afraid you, at, before too long in your life, I'm not being, I'm, I'm just observing, you will have challenging moments. And it's so important as Christians, we know how to handle those moments and we're not thrown. And a bit like Paul here, he feels like giving up. Burdened beyond our strength, despaired of life itself. Paul's testimony is that actually an awareness of our weakness and the, the, the coming of challenges is an opportunity for you and I to experience more of the presence and the grace of the Lord in our lives. It, okay, it's, it's a, Paul sees it as an opportunity, and so should we. It's, 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 it, we, we, can be, we can grow through those challenging moments. And Paul's testimony was that its awareness of his limitations and his weakness opened the door for him to 
to, to, to look and love and lean more strongly and find the very thing that he needed, the presence of the Lord. So this morning, that's where I'm going. That's what I want to try and take us through this morning. And I hope that the Lord will speak to us through it, through it all. And, and to some in particular who perhaps right now, life's looking black and bleak. And you're just wondering how on earth you're going to keep going. Now, when I turn the page over and I go a bit further into uh, 2 Corinthians, uh, in chapter 4, Ben came and read this at the end of the meeting last week about treasure in earthen vessels. But there's a little phrase that that, that crop up twice um, just after what I've read about feeling despair of life. There's two little phrases. We do not lose heart. Twice it comes up. We, therefore, we do not lose heart. Horrible thing to lose heart, isn't it? When you're, to, to lose heart, to despair, it's a, it's a horrible thing. And here's Paul, you know, he's, he's speaking about the despair that he's felt, and then here we turn over the page and he says, but we don't lose heart. What, what made him say, we don't lose heart? What, what's the secret to help us to not lose heart? and remain in depression and darkness. Well, the first thing we see in chapter 3, he's speaking about the, the glory of this new covenant, this new arrangement that we have with God. And what he says was, he says, under the old covenant, he says, um, it, the old covenant, it was all about words written on stone in the Old Testament. It, 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 was, it, was, it was outside, it was over there somewhere, laws to live up to. And he said that, you know, for, for, for Moses, that the, the, the glory of God was, was kind of tucked away. It, 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 it was over there somewhere. But Paul says here, at the end of chapter 16, with this new covenant, verse 16, whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. In other words, God's over there somewhere, and there's a list of rules there, and I'm trying very hard to live up to the rules. That's what some people think the Christian life is like, don't they? God's, I'm here, God's out there somewhere, and there's a load of rules for me to live up to. And Paul says that's not the new arrangement that Jesus has brought us into. He says here, when anyone comes to the Lord, the veil is taken away. And we, with unveiled faces, begin to reflect the Lord's glory. We're being transformed. The presence of the Lord is available to you. That's why we don't have to give up. The presence of the Lord. Whoa, the 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 wonderful knowledge and sense of God's closeness is available to you and me in your black moments because Jesus died on the cross and rose again. Isn't that, do you think, I mean, I think that's amazing, don't you? So the first reason that he doesn't give up is that he can enjoy the presence of the Lord. And he goes on to... uh, Verse chapter 4, we don't lose heart. Now, one of my favourite verses in the Bible, it's very easy to remember, because it's 2, 4, 6. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6. Okay, 2, 4, 6. And it says this, the God who, who, who caused, light, uh, caused light to shine out of darkness, the one who said, let there be light, has shone into our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God 
in the face of Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? The God who said, let there be light. And there was light. The same God, the same God who said, let there be light, has made his light to shine into our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. Where? In the face of Jesus Christ. That's the first reason we don't give up. We don't give up because the presence of the Lord is available for us. That's why we come here. That's why we gather. That's why we worship. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm there. The Lord is here. This morning in the worship, the Lord is here. And if you are feeling blackness and darkness, I want to tell you that the, 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 light, the lights can go on. And it's in the face of Jesus Christ. You can have a personal experience with the Lord Jesus. Paul might have been thinking of the, the, the road to Damascus, mightn't he? He, he was walking along and, whoa! And suddenly he's aware. Goodness me. Now, I, I, didn't, that's, I didn't become a Christian like that. I wish, sometimes I wish I had, you know. Who wouldn't want a Damascus road? Wow! Whatever, but whatever your story is, it might, it might have been a gradual turning on of the light. Nevertheless, every Christian, every Christian can know that presence of the Lord and the Holy Spirit wants to help you with that. The Holy Spirit wants to turn on the lights. I've told you the story so often about um, being in Barcelona and seeing that that famous Gaudi's Cathedral, Sagrada da Familia. And we saw it one evening when it was all dark, and it looked pretty unimpressive. And then the floodlights went on. Wow. It was just overwhelming. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. The Holy Spirit wants to... He's got a floodlight ministry. He glorifies the Lord Jesus. That's why we want to be full of the Holy Spirit, because then the lights go on in a greater measure, and we just get a bigger... A glimpse of the glory of the Lord. That's why we, 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 we should be making it our prayer. Lord, fill me with your spirit. I want more of the Holy Spirit to turn the floodlights on. I want to have that relationship with Jesus. So Paul says, we don't lose heart because the same God who said, let light shine in darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Do you know him? Do you know the Lord Jesus? Do you? <laughs> are you? Are you walking close with him? Or are you walking miles away? He's, he's there for you. As we're going to see in a minute, he's, he's actually he's pursuing you. I'm going to get there in a minute. He's pursuing you. So that's the first reason we don't give up. Because we have the opportunity of this wonderful relationship with the Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit helping us. Okay. So then we go on. There's another one. It says it again here in verse 16, where it says, again, therefore we don't lose heart. So here it is again. Why? Though outwardly we're wasting away. Yeah, well, some of us know about that. 
inwardly, we're being renewed. There's something going on with it. Because our light and momentary troubles... Now, you might say right now, my troubles are not light and they're not momentary. Bear with me, okay? Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that outweighs them all. So the second reason he doesn't lose heart He's live, he knows he's got a magnificent future. He's living for a wonderful, wonderful future. Yeah? And, and, and this is, this, this motivates, you know, he, this causes him to look beyond the immediate, and he's got that sense of, Lord, I, I've got a wonderful future in you, and I'm, I'm, I'm living and longing for that day. A wonderful sense that, that God is working all things together for good, that them that love God who are called according to his purpose. A wonderful future. What a thing in these, in these crazy days, in these insecure days, in these wobbly days, to know that we have a wonderful future. I think many people today are, are perhaps quite depressed by the, by the world situation. Watching the news and so on can make you downcast. Well, it should make us pray. But more than that, it should make us just lift up our, our, our attention and the fact that we have a magnificent hope. And folks, we need to be sharing that magnificent hope with people around us who, who have no hope. We've got a wonderful hope. And so this is the second reason he doesn't give up. Oh, I know. This is it's in comparison to the eternal weight of glory that's coming my way. This is light and momentary. It really is. He's got a sense of God's purposes for his life. And that encourages his heart and stops him from despairing. So, and, and then it goes on to say, so we fix our eyes. We fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Now, there's a bit of irony there. How can you fix your eyes on something that you can't see? Well... He's, he's making a point. He fi- we fix our eyes, our attention, on, different, on, on something other than what the, the rest of the world around us fix their attention on. And this is so, this is so important. It, when, you know, when you feel downcast and depressed and low, the, 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 the obvious place to look is, is at yourself and the situation you're in. Okay, we, we, and, and you know what happens next? That, that horrible thing called self-pity kicks in. And let me tell you, that, 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 that will not bring you into a place of peace and blessing. It won't. But what Paul's saying here is that, yep, I despaired of life, it was, but I, 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 I had my attention fixed in a different direction. I, I was looking at something else. And you know, it's, it's so important in these days that, that where there's so many things that can, that can make us downcast, there's so many things that can discourage us and, and, and make us go through life anxious and fearful. Paul's saying, no, 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 we fix our eyes in another direction. We're looking in another direction. We're looking to Christ. That's where our attention is. And I, let me just say um, another little plug. Tomorrow morning... We, 
King's Daily, we're starting a new series on the book of Hebrews. And if you want to catch a glimpse of the magnificence of who Jesus is, come and join us as we get into that study of Hebrews. Fix your eyes. You know, as you go into this coming week, it's so important we, 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 we fix our eyes in the right direction. If you fix your eyes on, on, on what's going on in the world around you and so on, it will quickly discourage you. If you fix your eyes on, on your situation, it, will, it can quickly discourage you. But if you'll fix your eyes on this, the magnificence of the Lord Jesus, it, it changes everything. It changes everything. It gives you a hope and a future. So now I'm going to, uh, my time is going, so I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick up on something I started on last week. I talked just now about looking to Christ, the Lord Jesus. Now I want to just move on to the next one, loving the Lord Jesus, loving him. And this, 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 this is really, really, really important. Do you remember last week I said to you, Paul says, the love of Christ compels me. The love of Christ compels me. What was the fuel that motivated Paul? It was Christ's, it's the love of the Lord Jesus for him. And what, not his love for the Lord, the love of Christ compels us. And I, I want us to take a little bit of time here because this is, this is so, so, so important. It really is. And I, I want to begin by asking you how... How is your, your relationship with the Lord Jesus? How, how is it? What kind of state is it in? Were you able to worship this morning and enjoy him? What kind of state is your inner being in? And if your heart is downcast and feeling heavy, what you need is the presence of the Lord Jesus, the love of the Lord Jesus, to flood your life this morning. That, that, this is the key. This is the fuel that changes everything. A passage I've preached on not so long ago, when Paul's writing to the Ephesians, he makes it his prayer for them. He says, I want, I'm praying that, that the Lord, that, 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 that out of his glorious riches, he'll strengthen you in your inner being. He knew all about being downcast in his in, in inner being. It's just, I, 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 I pray that, that the Lord would strengthen you in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts. That he wants, Paul was saying, I want Christ to live in your lives. I want him to take up residence in your life, not just on Sundays, but through the week. But that Christ may live in your hearts. They dwell in your hearts. So again, what's the, what's the state of your devotion to the Lord? Is he living in your heart? Is there a daily connection? Oh, Lord, I need you. I want to walk with you. I want to enjoy you. Because that's, this is the way to avoid the, 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 the darkness, the despair, the, 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 the heaviness of heart that affects such a big part of, of, of the world around us. Does he dwell in your heart or is he on the periphery of your heart? That Christ may dwell in your hearts. I pray that you be rooted and established in 
love. We're back to the love of God here. That you may have power. That you, that you may have power to grasp how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is the love of Christ. And I, 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 I want to dwell on this for a moment. We're going, to, we're going to worship in a while, but I want to dwell on this. I want you to, Paul's saying, I want you to really grasp the love that Christ has for you. I want it to so grip you that you respond with a love for him that becomes the engine in your walk, your daily walk with the Lord. And let's just look at this, you know, the breadth that speaks about the expanse of God's love for you. You know, it's, <laughs> God's, you know, God has poured out his love extensively. The breadth of his love. I love this, the next one, the length of his love. The pursuing love of God. I mentioned earlier, the love of God that pursues you. I've mentioned before now John Stott's testimony. You've probably heard this. He says this, Why I am a Christian is due ultimately neither to the influence of my parents or my teachers nor my own personal decision for Christ, but to the hound of heaven. He's speaking of Francis Thompson's poem, He Sought Me Down by Lane, I can't remember, Lane, a you know, famous poem about the, the hound of heaven. That is, it's due to the Lord Jesus Christ himself who pursued me relentlessly even when I was running away from him in order to go my own way. And if it were not for the gracious pursuit of the hound of heaven, I would today be on the scrap heap of wasted and discarded lives. <laughs> Folks, it... <laughs> The pursuing love of God. This is one of the keys to, to, not, to not giving up. This is one of the keys for not losing hope. We don't lose heart. Why? Because we're looking in his direction and we're discovering his love for us, the pursuing love of God. <laughs> and it changes us. I've got another... Oh, by the way, I read my favourite quote. I'm not going to read it again today, you know, uh, knowing, knowing God, by J.I. Packer, please, it's a bit of work reading it, but there's little gems, there's jewels, absolute jewels in here um, that will do you good. It's on the book, so how much is it? It's five pounds today, and uh, is that all right? It, it, look, it, it, this, it, yeah, it's, the, my favourite quote is in the chapter, Knowing and Being Known. I'm not going to read it, but I'm going to read a little bit after it. Um, here we go. There's Great incentive to worship and love God in the thought that for some unfathomable reason he wants me as his friend and he desires to be my friend and he's given his son to die for me in order to realise this purpose. I mean, I mean, you'd buy that book just for that, that line, wouldn't you? So it, there's, in, there's incentive to worship and love God in the thought that for some unfathomable reason he wants me as his friend. Have you understood the love of God for you? Have you? Has it changed you? Has it gripped you? This is Paul's strategy. We do not lose heart. 
We look, we fix our eyes, we look to the Lord and we, we discover his love for us. Oh, let me do another book for you while we're here. The Pro- Return of the Prodigal. Anyone read it, got it? It might be one in the bookstore. I'm going to read you a line from here. Listen to this. Listen to this. I'm beginning to see how radically the character of my spiritual journey changes when I no longer think of God as hiding out and making it as difficult as possible for me to find him, but instead, he's the one who's looking for me while I'm doing the hiding. That, that, that's true. The pursuing love of God. How, do you know the love of God? Oh, are you resisting the love of God? Are you walking at a distance, arm's length? Wouldn't it be good to increase God's joy by letting God find you and carry you home and celebrate your return with the angels. If, if you're not walking, if, if you're, maybe you're here this morning and you, we use the word backslidden, don't we? You're just not walking with God. You're, you're at arm's length. Wouldn't it be good to increase God's joy, the pursuing love of God, by letting him find you and carry you home and celebrate your return with the angels? <laughs> Wouldn't it be wonderful to make God smile by giving God the chance to find you and love you lavishly. That's astonishing. This is the love of God. I mean, I can hardly get over that. Wouldn't it be good to increase God's joy, letting God find me? Wouldn't it be good to make make God smile? Some people think God's always frowning at them. Do you think that? How many of you here spend more time, you think God's frowning? We all do, don't we, at times? I won't embarrass you. I'll embarrass myself. Yep, I often think, well, I've tried not to anymore. I read these sort of books and the Bible, of course. You're worth looking for. You're, you're worth the Lord Jesus going to the cross for because he loves you. He really does. I don't know where I'm going here now, but um, folks, this is, this is the love of... Oh, that was the, what was that? Oh, that was the... The length of his love, the height of his love, it's going to bring you to glory one day. It's going to bring you home. The depth of his love. Folks, this changes us. This is the strategy for walking through difficult moments, challenging moments. Paul, yes, the Christian life will have challenging moments. Sometimes we don't get healed. We love it. I know there's many stories here of people who've been healed. Sometimes we don't get healed. It's not because we haven't got enough faith or anything like that. It's because we're living in a broken world and God's purposes are higher than ours, greater than ours. But the way we get through difficult moments, and we, we know difficult moments, the way we get through moments, difficult moments is fixing our eyes in the right direction. We look at the Lord Jesus. We love the Lord Jesus. We receive his love. And we lean on him. Lean on him. We, when you're, if you're going through dark moments right now, there you go. Look, love, lean. And you have an opportunity there to grow in your walk with the Lord. I'm going to ask musicians to come up. We're going to, it's a beautiful song we're going to sing just now. And it's a song, I want, it's a song about the love of the Lord. And hear me as I close. Dear Dear church family, I have deep, well, not just me, the Lord has deep compassion for those of you 
who are going through dark moments right now. Okay? The Lord, the pursuing love of God, he has deep, deep compassion for those of you who are going through difficult moments right now. You may feel far away. He's come after you. He's a pursuing God. He desired our company when we didn't desire his. We were unworthy and he counted us worthy. We deserved judgment. He gave us his love. How can we not love him? And Lord, I'm going to pray now as we go into this song. Lord, I, I pray for folks here this morning who are battling through some challenging moments. Or maybe they've been walking a long way away from you. And I, I pray this morning, Lord, Holy Spirit, would you turn the lights on? Would you turn the lights on and bring, as we sing this song, I pray, come Holy Spirit, turn the lights on that we would have a wonderful revelation of your pursuing love for us this morning. Come Holy Spirit, come and arrest us with the knowledge of your love. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Shall we stand together? And we're going to sing a song, Your Love, I think we are. (laughs) Your Love Pouring Over Me. The love of Christ, the pursuing love of Christ for you right where you are this morning. Receive the love of Christ for you. Thanks, Kevin.